Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It is 10 o'clock on Thursday night, so you guys know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, and I am in studio by myself for the present moment, but I don't expect to be by myself for the entire show, but welcome to it, gang. How you guys doing? It is your Thursday episode, your Thursday installment of the Talk That Talk radio show. I am... Your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. I believe my guy, Duna, my guy, Deontay Hagler, should be joining me in, uh-oh, in our, actually, should be here in some sometime in this first hour. So, we got some, we got some pretty exciting things to talk about. Um, in case you guys are unfamiliar, let me go ahead and give you guys an update on all of our social medias. If you guys are watching on Facebook Live right now, we appreciate you guys as much as possible. We, we, we tell you guys all the time. That we thank you guys for being with us in these in these growing stages at this point, and once again we appreciate you guys. And again, I'm gonna get a, any opportunity that I get. I'm gonna give you guys uh, some love and some shine because obviously everything that we do, we do it for you guys. So I appreciate you guys. But if you guys actually are not watching our Facebook live, you guys can find our Facebook, our Instagram, our SoundCloud, literally everything through Talk That Talk Radio Show. Once again, you can find it at Talk That Talk Radio Show. However. If you are looking for us on Twitter, if that's the one place that you're looking for us and you can't find us, that's because our Twitter is at TalkThatTalkLV. That's because our Twitter is at TalkThatTalkLV. Now, my mom sent me a tip in. Um, I don't know why she sent so many today. Because I told her that I liked both of the ones that she sent on, well, at least two out of three, that she sent on Monday. So I'm going to go with one that I liked on Monday. <clears throat> and we'll see where it goes. This one reads, the secret to success is to start, excuse me, the secret to success is to start from scratch and keep on scratching. Once again, what I'm sipping for today is the secret to success is to start from scratch and keep on scratching. That's from Dennis Green. We got an hour worth of basketball talk. To talk in this first hour and then we have some football talk ruling for half of the second hour and then we'll get into some wrapping up with local news right a lot to get to a lot to get to today i want to actually open up with apologies because we can go back and i mean at this point we can go back as a family and go back and listen to what sequoia said in terms of uh the a1 greek finals or the a1 greek playoffs rather I had it as the A1 Finals being a a best of five series. Correction, that's not it. I apologize for that. So, Wednesday's game did take place. I actually tweeted about it. If you guys uh, follow me on Twitter, at Sir 
underscore chatterbox, sir underscore chatterbox. And I tweeted about it and I woke up at at 7 a.m. That's the time, 7 a.m. We'll get to that more in a little bit. And if you guys, first of all, if you guys know me, I don't go to sleep typically on any given night. Somebody asked me what time I went to sleep last night, and I was proud. I said, about three. They looked at me and said, well, okay. Like, is that, like, the improvement? Or, like, do you want to improve? Like, what's going on here? So, for those of you guys who know me, you guys should know that I am a a night owl, to say the least. So, with that said, I woke up at 7 a.m. with not very much sleep in my system because I thought it was the final game of the A1 finals, the A1 Greek finals. As I said before, it wasn't. Much to the pleasure of Panathinaikos, because Panathinaikos was beaten. That's the only word I can, I, I can kind of put together. I actually texted Matt multiple times during it. I sent Matt the link. Matt, Matt was watching it as well. And, again, congratulations, Matt. We know that it's graduation week. We know that you are somewhere having the time of your life. I'll tell you all the time, this is what you worked for. You've earned it. Enjoy yourself, man. But Matt and I were talking, and... Matt used the word flat. That was the word he chose to use. I don't think anybody can say that he's wrong. When you look at the final score, it was 87 to 54 in favor of Olympiacos. You guys are hearing me correctly. 87 to 54. That is a 33-point loss in the A1 Greek finals. However, like I said, it wasn't the final game because now Panathinaikos is down 3-2. to two. They had won back-to-back games against rival Olympiacos. However, they were beaten from the outside and the inside. So, hard to get a handle on things when you can't stop the bleed either way, right? That's exactly what happened in this one. Um, <clears throat> where do we want to start? Let's start with the paint. More than double. Olympiakos' output was more than double what Panathinaikos was able to do. Now, the final in that category was 46 to 20 in favor of Olympiakos. But what makes it worse is the numbers were even more lopsided in terms of three-point shooting. Olympiacos went better than half from deep. They ended up attempting 18. They knocked down 10. In case you're counting at home, that's 56%. What it? What did Panathinaikos do? They threw up nine more attempts, 27 attempts total. They got six to fall. Again, if you're counting at home, that's 22%. So not only are you outscored 46 to 20 inside the paint, 
but you're outshot from beyond the arc 56% to 22. There's a couple of different ways I can explain that to you guys, but maybe I'll do it this way. Panathinaikos have four players scoring double figures. It's a great mark, right? However, nobody scored more than 13 points. <clears throat> so Elisavet Boduri led the way with 13 points in 16 minutes off the bench. Granted, maybe I should just add this in. She accounted for half of the team's made three-point baskets. She went three or four from deep. That is just Elisavet Boduri. Let's look at Olympiacos. They had three players scoring double figures. That's one less than what Panathinaikos had. However, they had two post-16.9s, and then their team leader was actually the game leader, 21 overall points. So to slice it differently, this is maybe the, what, the third breakdown I'm giving for you guys, just to kind of give you guys an outlook on how – how how badly Panathinaikos was kind of manhandled in this one. And as I said before, the word that Matthew Raftery used was flat. That trio that I just mentioned from Olympiacos, the 216 points and the 21-point performance, they account for 30, or excuse me, they accounted for 53 points. 53 of the 87 points for Olympiacos. As I just mentioned before, Panathinaikos has an entire team put up 54 points. So that trio was one point shy of tying the entire Panathinaikos team. If you guys actually want to catch game six of the A1 Greek finals, you guys can do that. You guys can do that with that YouTube link. And as a matter of fact, I think we're going to try to, I think I'm, gonna think, I think I'm pretty sure I'm actually going to tweet it out again before game six. Game six does take place on Sunday, May 15th. 7 a.m., guys. Yes. They're in Greece. So it's 10 hours ahead. That's what I was told. 10 hours ahead. So right now for Sequoia Homes, it is 8 a.m. As of right now, in case you guys are unfamiliar as well, Sequoia has been a part of the show for, for a little bit now, a couple of months. But we haven't had her on as frequently because, let's just keep it frank, she's in the middle of a finals run. So... While she's doing that, I, I've spoken with her. I believe I spoke with her. Actually, she texted me Wednesday morning. But um, we talk still. And just to let you guys know, she will be uh, back in the States sometime this month. Hopefully, it's celebrating the championship. Again, game six of the A1 Greek finals will take place Sunday, February. Or excuse me, I said February. Sunday, I got football on the brain, trust me. Sunday, May 15th, 7 a.m. Again, I'm going to post that link from YouTube. Let's talk about more basketball. Let's talk about it. Now... Let's talk aces. We're already talking women's basketball, right? 
So let's do this. I want to give you guys an update on where the Aces are three games into their season. I haven't talked to you guys since Monday, where the team was 2-0. and Looked, looked pretty good, looked pretty spry. Is that the word I can use? Nevertheless, <clears throat> the inevitable first loss for Becky Hammond and company did happen this week, and it did happen on, um, am I forgetting it, Tuesday? Tuesday. Happened on Tuesday in Washington, in the nation's capital. And this one was so interesting. I'm not going to stay here for too long. Um, yes, I will. I'll change my mind. Elena Deladon. I mentioned Elena Deladon before the last game, and I said, let's see how, how healthy she looks. This Aces team, well, it's not the same Aces team, but this Aces team hadn't seen Elena Deladon since the 2019 postseason. The 2019 postseason that. Elena Deladon, and if I recall, actually, let me go ahead and confirm that. 2019, let me make sure I'm good on this, too. Is that 2019 or 2020? Okay, that's what I thought. So, as anticipated, that was 2019. That was the championship run for the Washington Mystics. Elena has been dealing with back issues since then. <laughs> kind of before then as well, but... Has missed significant time. And if you know anything about the women's game, but, w, but the WNBA specifically at this present moment, that's a needed star in this league. If you don't believe me, just ask Kelsey Plum, who was asked. Actually, Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, and Jackie Young were all asked about it. Kelsey Plum actually took the took the torch on this one. But she said that you need stars in this league. And she's one of them. Speaking of Elena Deladon, she said that you you, you want to play a Washington team that's at full strength. And that includes Elena Deladon. There was a moment. And she actually mentioned, well, you don't want to lose, and that's exactly what the Aces just did. But she said you don't want to lose, but you obviously want to play a Washington Mystics team with Elena Deladon. Guys, in the first 60 seconds of the game, I believe that was what it was, maybe the first 15, honestly. Um, Elena Deladon blocked the shot on one end, came down to the other end and hit a three. And I said, oh, boy, this is the one. This is the start. This is the start of the naysayers, right? The boobers are going to come out at some point, right? There wasn't exactly what happened in the first quarter, let, let alone actually the entire first half. But for the third consecutive game, the Aces built a double-digit first-quarter lead. I don't think you guys are hearing me correctly. First three games 
under new head coach Becky Hammond, former player Becky Hammond, who has her jersey actually hanging from the rafters at Michelob Ultra Arena. Now, you get these three first, these three double-digit first-quarter leads. What does it mean? Well, in this particular game, it didn't mean much because they used an 8-0 run in that first quarter to go up 12. They eventually went up 15 in that first quarter. They ended that first quarter up 26-13, to actually went into halftime up 13. But then the second half happened. Washington would go on to outscore the Las Vegas Aces 51 to 27 after halftime. That's what we saw on Tuesday night. Now, it's the first time that we've seen it under Becky Hammond's leadership. Granted, we're three games in. But how did they do it? Well, it was a fever pitch in that third quarter. They they cut the deficit down to four. They cut it down to two. They eventually tied it by the 403 mark. Actually, at the 403 mark, it was tied 54 all. At that time, the Washington Mystics were actually in the middle of an 18-5 run. That was en route to a 24-7 third quarter. 24-7. You guys do with that what you will. When they took the lead in the third quarter, that was their first lead since 7-5 in the first quarter. That lead would grow eventually to 4 they were actually up four heading into the fourth quarter, which is interesting. And maybe we'll stop here for at least a second. Now, <clears throat> the Aces actually weren't in unfamiliar territory by going into the fourth quarter down because they went. Into the fourth quarter down against Seattle at home. Before putting up, what, 27 and 15? I think it was a 27 15, or yeah, 27 15 fourth quarter in favor of Las Vegas. And what would eventually be an 11 point win over the Seattle Storm. Now, it's so layered and it's so much to get through. But what comes next was an increased lead. The lead would go from 5 to 9 to 11 to 12. It would end up at 17 before the end of the contest. So the lead grew from 4 to 13, or excuse me, from 4 to 17 in that fourth quarter. And in that fourth quarter, it was the final chance for the Las Vegas Aces to grab any more fast break points, which they were pretty much unable to do for a vast majority of the night. And it didn't get any better in that fourth quarter. I'm hearing a knock. 
What's the deal? So we're live, and don't tell anybody you saw me struggle with that bulletproof door. <laughs> I honestly not doing this here, so now I'm gonna be real ignorant again. But um, it really makes no sense for those doors to be as heavy as they are. Whatever they want to call it. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I think I figured this out. If you guys are actually watching on Facebook Live, I want to let you guys know, I think I figured out how to make us both fit in the frame. And this includes when Matt is on the show. This includes when Duna's on the show like tonight. Um, I had to lower the chairs. So I think I might have figured it out. You still may need to scoot in a little, but I, I think I figured it out at least with the uh, height of the chairs. So we'll see how it works. But I'm actually in the middle of talking Aces, um, a team that you know pretty well. Um, and as a matter of fact, only thing you missed was uh, some Euro basketball. But I'll, I'll 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 brief you on that after the show. But I'm in the fourth quarter right now with this Washington loss, and um, was it Andy Yamashita? I believe of the Las Vegas Review Journal, um, asked a question to Kelsey Plum about fast break points. And he said that this is the team's kind of the team's bread and butter. And that was ironically enough the same words and the verbiage that uh, Kelsey, Plum, uh, Kelsey Plum used. And she was asked about the two fast break points that the Las Vegas Aces were able to turn in against Washington. And <sighs> here's where we get to a part to where I don't want to say excuses are here. But we have to address an elephant in the room. And she gave her answer, and she said that obviously turnovers had a lot to do with it. I believe it was 16 in this game. Um, but plain and simple, the second half was just different all the way around. Defense kind of clamped up as well. Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young both accounted for 14 points apiece in that first half, combined for 10 of 17 shooting. Even Asia tipped in with 10 points and eight rebounds in that first half. Asia was held without a point. In the second half, guys. Now, the elephant in the room. Were you in the press conference after the game? No. Okay. I had to leave. No. Wait. We're talking about the Washington game. Wait, 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 what are you talking about? I'm, I'm confused I now. I remember press conference. From, this is from Seattle. Okay, cool. No. I knew you left with that. Bet. Okay. I meant on the Zoom call after this Washington game. So. The reason why I asked that is because, wow, so this is going to be new information to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I think I'm going to read the quote directly. This is going to be interesting. So, and, and you actually watched the game from home. What did you catch? Because other than that, I'm, I'm about to get back into this. Uh, again, I don't want to call them excuses. Maybe they're just reasons. They're just going free for all. They're taking up like just jump jump shots, shooting threes, chucking them up. Um, not to say it's a bad thing, but you know when Bill was there, it was instructional. All right, um, it was running plays. We're gonna run like this. We're gonna go two bigs. You don't really have two bigs now, but um, indeed. So you're gonna get Asia's gonna have most of the attention, and that's kind of what I was seeing from there because that's really the main player. So everything has to be guards. 
that's kind of what I got from watching that game, man. Is that they just it's too much free for all. Now, interesting that you said that because you weren't you wasn't even in the in the Seattle uh, press conference after the game, but um, Becky said. I lied. It was Washington. I lied. It was at their Washington game, and she kind of mentioned that. She didn't mention the word free-for-all, but she said that there's so much talent on this team that there are times that when things aren't going right, the ball begins to stick because so much, so many talented players begin to say, well, we need a basket. I might as well be the one to go get it. Yeah. And that's not what happened because the team element kind of was stagnated in doing that. So – Fast break points obviously are going to be a, a, a sign of that. However, Asia Wilson gave us a different perspective after the Washington game. And she said, quote, I don't even want to blame the flight, but we had a little fatigue coming in. Coming off that long behind flight here. But we're just going to learn from it, grow from it. This is a good test for us to see where we are at mentally. And then Kelsey commented on it. Can I just say that I love KP? <laughs> this Aces squad is easy to root for, but KP is like, if you ever need a soundbite, she might be the one. If she's angry enough, she'll give it to you. Oh yeah. If she's upset enough, she'll she'll tell you how she feels. I, I like I like her because she's authentic. I don't know. Hundred percent. It's, it's something that's just about somebody that's really authentic. This is great. Her quote oh, Her quote opens up with I swear you can't make this up. I I think I'm the best conditioned player in this league, respectfully. That's the start of her quote. I think I'm the best conditioned player in this league, respectfully. And I feel like to play that type of game against Seattle, which was Sunday night, that was Mother's Day. And then get on a delayed flight for five and a half hours and then fly from Las Vegas to Washington, D.C. And then wake up the next day and play a game. She said, I mean, I was tired today. So if that says anything and if you guys have ever watched me play, I can go all day. I don't think it's necessarily conditioning as much as it's the way that the schedule is set up. Let's talk about the WNBA. She's not the first person that said something about the schedule. Let's have some fun. I'm mad that we both tightened up the mic. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, we, we getting serious. Right oh, here. man. We getting serious around here, man. Uh, this league. Oh, my gosh. Where you want to start at, man? We can start at the roster. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not starting at the rosters with so much talent being cut because that's an off-season story. And that's a long one, because <laughs> it 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 because it ends with expansion probably, and we'll get there. Right. Travel. Okay. Didn't the New York Liberty just get in trouble and fined, and perhaps they were about to get their franchise taken away by trying to pay for commercial or excuse me for charter flights for their team? But people looked at me weird if I said that, regardless of kind of how this Deshaun Watson situation plays out, the Houston Texans should be up for sale soon. People look at me like I'm crazy. 
But you guys want to strip the New York Liberty of their franchise by trying to send their players on charter flights. Flights that were protecting the players, by the way. Natasha Cloud, who was recovering from COVID symptoms, well, I should just say the a, co- a positive COVID test, um, she blamed waiting in crowded airports for commercial flights. With no mask on. <laughs> right, without mask mandates. This league has given us every opportunity I almost said something. Hey, man. You don't want to say it. No, I am going to say it. This league has given us nearly every opportunity to root against it outside of the actual product on the court. That's big. It has nothing to do with the players. But every day I wake up, I don't want to support the WNBA. That says a lot because there's every day something trending bad about the WNBA. It has nothing to do with anything on the court. Not a thing. And you guys want to be mad that the Atlanta, that the Atlanta Dream were fighting in somebody's parking lot? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. What y'all have done is worse in my opinion. I don't care. I'm sorry. No, no don't even say sorry. That's real, though. Where's Brittany Griner? You know what I'm saying? Like, still having... I, I believe the only team that's been able to, like, support Brittany Griner in this whole thing is the team that she plays on is Connecticut Sun. Or the uh, Phoenix Mercury. Or the Phoenix Mercury, I'm sorry. That, you know what's weird? And this is just uh, an honest moment for me. I did that for the longest. When I was learning the WNBA, I was linking the cities with the NBA teams. I was doing the exact same thing, so don't feel bad. Um, so it's kind of like you don't you don't get to see nothing really <laughs> trending besides how they treat their players, and it's all it's all bad. It's nothing really good. And you guys want me to tell Liz Cambage to shut up? Hell no. Liz's not wrong. Liz is, I don't think Liz has been wrong yet. And that's what, like, honestly, when I say it, people get so mad. I, I'll say the only thing she was wrong about was making that comment about, uh, what you call, uh, Becky Hammond getting that paycheck. She and wasn't she talking about Becky specifically, and I, I hate to say it, but she wasn't wrong with that either. I mean, I... Becky deserved everything that she said. Or every Becky deserved everything that she got, rather. Yes. Liz still needed to say what was said. Correct. Bottom line. Especially when you realize that Brittany Griner is a star in this league and she's overseas playing because well, she's overseas now in a different situation, but she was overseas originally playing because the WNBA check isn't enough. Jackie Young just got back from winning an MVP award over in Australia. Again, we got football in the second hour, but this entire first hour is basketball talk. What do you think players or like never? Not, no, I'm not, just one. Not former, not former players or how about uh, business people um, with sports are going to start buying into the WNBA? 
when do you think that will happen? I think it's soon. I think it's soon because the, the product is too good on the court. <laughs> the product is too damn good on the court. You're not going to look at a Washington Aces team, and I believe for two or three years straight, maybe two years straight, they've been one of the top two, if not the top team, in terms of uh, social media interaction. That means something. I'm with that. I'm with that. I don't get I don't care who does it. As long as somebody gets some more eyes on this league and fixes it, I'm with it. Again, I don't think I've openly said that Adam Silver has done something like, all right, Adam, you could have done better with this. But we've always looked at, at least I've been told to look at, the NBA and the WNBA as one entity. There's a WNBA PA. There's an NBA PA. Or NBPA? Where, where am I at? Anyway, anywho, you guys get my point. There's a Players Association in both. But I say that to say it's the same entity. Kathy Engelbert, Adam Silver, we get it, right? Commissioners of both leagues. However, when one thing happens in one league, I thought that you kind of pay attention to it in another. When they were in the bubble, both teams, or both leagues rather, Breonna Taylor was on the back of every WNBA jersey. The NBA did some variation of that, right? With the, what was it, keywords almost, almost like, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's, what's, the, what's the word for like SEO? When it's like trendy words. But anyway, it's like clickable words, click words. What is it called? Anywho, that's my, that, that's my UNLV education. Not clickbait, but it's like keywords that like everybody's clicking right now. But anyway, you guys get the point. But the NBA put those those words on the back with equality, freedom, peace, all those different things, right? I'm not gonna lie, man. <laughs> if somebody could point it out to me, cool. I didn't hear Adam Silver talk about Brittany Griner enough. I still haven't. Probably the only reason why he that's a problem for me. That's a problem for me. Now, my thing, my, my question to you is, well, not even a question. The NBA fires private when they go against the other teams and they travel. Why can't the WNBA do that? Can't imagine seeing like the Denver Nuggets stranded at McCarran Airport. Walking by Jokic, like, why are you out here, man? Shut down the whole airport. <laughs> Come on, man. It, it, it's, it's, ah! it's ridiculous. You don't even see none of the, like, no hashtags for Brittany Grinder. Yes, you do. It's hashtag BG42. And okay. this is where I want to I wanna be respectful. That, that, that must have been my first one because I haven't seen that many. I want to be respectful, and I don't want this to sound away, but I feel like this is probably going to sound away. Um, I'm going to say it again just in case you guys try to splice it up. This is going to sound away, but unfortunately it's probably just going to have to go and sound away. They said during the um, season opener, season, well, uh, opening night rather, 
Chicago versus um, why am I miss why am I blanking? Los Angeles, the Sparks versus the Sky. They mentioned sometime in overtime, maybe the end of the fourth quarter. They was like, oh, the hashtag uh, BG42. It, the decal is on everybody's court, not just the Phoenix Mercury, and it's gonna be there until she gets home. You want to know what I said when I heard that? Duna, you should know me well enough to know exactly what I said. I said so. So. That struck me as thoughts and prayers on Twitter. When people say thoughts and prayers. I've said thoughts and prayers because sometimes there's nothing else to say. But I get if the person looks at it and goes, good looking. Fan, what is hashtag BG42 going to do if you guys are continuing to play? I haven't heard enough of an uproar about this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. And I think if it was an NBA player, and yes, I've used references before. And yeah, I think you can go up and down the league. And I think if anybody who was an active player on somebody's roster in a, in a foreign country, in a foreign country's prison, jail rather, right? Even if they're not home, a lot more would have been made about it. I, you know what? And, I, and you know what? Everything happens for a reason. I told you guys this before. I watched Diana Taurasi drop a playoff career high against the Las Vegas Aces last season. And I text the group after this. That's the GOAT. Um, <laughs> I'm just happy I got to see the GOAT in person. Um, cooks the aces. And then as I'm leaving the game, and keep in mind, guys, we have to do media. So we have to sit through press conferences for, for both teams. We have to do the story. We have to pick pictures. All of these things, and then we get to leave. I'm walking out. It's usually pretty quiet when, when media gets to leaving and – I'm walking and I'm looking in front of me and I said, hmm, that table just went crazy when that little small group walked by. And I said, they're wearing Phoenix jerseys, so probably Mercury fans. And then I'm walking through some people and I realized that that group that I saw wasn't with the, the pair of people or maybe it was a trio of people. Um, that they were reacting over. I look a little bit further in front of me, and I go, no way. That's Diana Taurasi. Walking through the Mandalay Bay. I look next to her. Again, I'm behind them, and I said, oh, well, that person looks like they're 6'9", has locks, pretty sure that's Brittany Griner. I saw one police officer with them. And I said, this league ought to be ashamed of themselves. With all due respect, I'm most comfortable with DT and BG. The cop can leave. I feel more comfortable with them. What is the one cop going to do? Even with everything on his belt, I'm 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 making a point here. You, you get more security for for. Security. We have more security at UNLV games because we went here. Oh, most definitely. 
and security knows us. Most definitely. Fam, there's no way in hell that I should have been able to walk up and touch both of them. I don't know whose job that is. And I hope it doesn't sound like I'm sitting here taking shots at the Mandalay Bay. But let it be, because if it is and, it, and, and the shoe fits, then wear it. However, I'm taking shots at the league. Regardless if it's, if it's Manly Bay or whatever, or their security or whatever, it's still, against, it's still a part of the league, like you just said. You shots that group was eating dinner. What if that group gets up and rushes Diana Taurasi? There's nothing, there's nothing that it's not a problem. damn thing that cop can do. Not at all. Better hop on a walkie. I'm not running up on Randy Grinder, by the way. I'm not running up on nobody. <laughs> and by the way, this is just this is just complete sidebar. Brittany Griner walked in after one of the um, postseason games last year, and somebody said, Brittany, and this was maybe after one of Jake Paul's fights, somebody said, uh, Brittany, after your career, can we sign you up for a celebrity fight? And she was like, oh, most definitely. Mixed martial arts, sign me up. I was sitting in that front row, and I said, who is going to sign the other half is my question. <laughs> that was that – was, <laughs> <laughs> that was my question, but I mean, y'all got it, bro. Y'all got, got it. Got, She's launching know. knees from the other side of the cage. But no, in all seriousness, please bring Brittany Griner home safely. I don't understand why we're still asking at this point. We're about to start demanding stuff, right? Um, which is why I'm a little more con concerned at the league, both leagues, in my opinion. And I'm sure a lot of people's opinions didn't do a lot more to bring her home. But uh, we're last 15 minutes. Of this first hour, I hope I don't have to open that again, but we're in this last 15 minutes of the first hour. You guys are listening to the Talk That Talk radio show. We're going to end this with some basketball talk really quick. We had some, um, we had some, uh, two games tonight to kind of get to. Pardon. I don't want to feel like I'm rushing it. However, let's start with some offseason awards. What you got? I seen you start. You start to say something. Oh, never mind. I thought you were about to say something before I started saying that. Actually, before I move on to the to the NBA, I want to give you guys one last thing about the Aces. The Aces next game. I didn't inform you guys on that. The Aces next game is tomorrow night, four thirty p.m. It's taking place in Atlanta. If you guys are wondering why that's such an important game and why I have it double circled on my calendar, is because former GM Dan Padover and former lead assistant coach Tanisha Wright are both with the Atlanta Dream as of right now. Dan Padover is still in the same position with at general as general manager, rather. Tanisha Wright now is in a similar position as Becky Hammond, her first year in the big seat. How have they have or how have they switched around the Atlanta Dream start? They're 2-0. 2-0 start to the year. They're facing the 2-1 Las Vegas Aces that they both know very, very well. We'll see how that goes tomorrow night. In addition to that, just a little sidebar, the Minnesota Lynx and Andrew McCautry agreed on a buyout today. Just gonna drop it, drop the little piece of information. I don't know if the Aces' ears started ringing because it's already a packed roster, right? But I mean, you know, some different circumstances will cause you to do some different things. And um, even if the Aces' ears did not start ringing when they heard that, I'm sure somebody else's ears inside the league did start ringing, considering what Andrew McCautry has been to this league. 
Um, let's get to Nikola Jokic really quick, and then we'll get to the playoff games that we saw tonight. Um, how do you feel about it? <laughs> All right, you're shaking your head. This is not good. Wait, wait. Okay, let's start with love. Let's leave with love. Let me leave with love, and then you got it. Let me leave with love, and then you got it. Cause I ain't have love neither. So let me let me go let me go ahead and leave with the love then. Nikola Jokic, the center from the Denver Nuggets. First of all, have you seen a more swaggy way to get an MVP award? Did you see what he was doing? You didn't see how he actually got the award, fam. So he's in Serbia right now. I'm sure he would much rather be playing in the states, but he's in Serbia right now. They got eliminated in the first round by Golden State, and. He's on a carriage and he's pulling a horse. Or the horse is pulling him, rather. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Okay. So as he rolls in, he's granted his award by, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I don't know if it's a town. I don't know exactly what it, what it what is considered. But everybody's in one area and they award him with the MVP award. I don't know that I've seen a more swaggy one simply because if you, if I don't know him. But if you know of Nikola Jokic, have you met him yet? If you met, if you've ever met Nikola Jokic and you've um, interacted with him and you kind of know of him, he doesn't take himself too serious. Seriously, let me go ahead and work on my grammar. He doesn't take himself too seriously. That made the MVP award that getting it that particular way that much better. There was some emotion that came out of Jokic. Jokic, Jokic dropped a couple of tears, but. Now let's get to the hate. Back to back MVPs. You shouldn't have got this one. Um, oh, man. I feel like this time, how he got this one is kind of the same way as Steve Nash winning the MVP over LeBron. Um, yeah, I'm going <laughs> Okay. Um, Shaq screwed, or Shaq was screwed. And um, Shaq and Tim Duncan have the biggest argument. For Steve Nash winning those MVPs. I love you, bro. <laughs> um, I'm really disappointed in, in the league in that vote. Uh, I feel like Joel Embiid should have won the MVP. Um, I get it. You can't give somebody who's t- who, whose team is, I believe the, the Sixers were fifth. Denver was a sixth seed. Mm, okay. What are we talking about? That don't change I, nothing I for me. No, Denver was a six seed. Uh, Philly was a four, I believe. They played five Toronto. Um, I, f- can we agree, at the very least, these have been the top two guys over the last two years? Absolutely. If that's the case, Giannis, I, I don't know. I just want to apologize to you because Giannis is pretty honest, which is kind of freakish. But at 26 or so, I believe, he may be in that rare air where – Okay, we we know it might be you, but we're going to give it to somebody else. I think we may be getting to that point with Giannis, but I think over the last two years it has been Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Last year I made the biggest push for Joel Embiid, and I said – I kept telling people behind the scenes, like, I mean, Jokic probably got it. Like, it it makes sense if Jokic gets it. This year I understand that this is not a postseason award. But like Matt said on Monday, I think you just look at – and we're going to get to it right now. But you look at those back-to-back games that Philly won in that Miami series, that was a completely different team with Joel Embiid on the floor. However, if we are talking most improved or most uh, valuable, I did mention to Matt, I mean, if you look at – if Joel Embiid is not on that Sixer team and you look at if – pardon, if Nikola – 
in a lottery somewhere. They're probably on the, uh, on the outside of the postseason. However, we had differing opinions on where both teams would go. Who who would be the 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 more bottom the more bottom sinking team rather, and who would probably sink the fastest? And as I told him, the different Nuggets played this entire year without Jamal Murray. Yeah. Yep, Michael Porter Jr. Remember how, guys, for everybody, for everybody that's watching this right now who has asked me about, uh, or listening, who has asked me about Ben Simmons. I'm going to tell you guys the same thing about Ben Simmons that I'm, or the same thing about Michael Porter Jr. that I'm going to tell you about Ben Simmons. Don't ask me nothing. Don't ask me anything. Don't ask me anything. Because if I say something and they lean on mental health, and it's true because mental health is real, I can't say anything. If neither one of those gentlemen really want to play basketball, I can't prove it. So I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let both of those careers and storylines play out how they play out. Strategy coming straight out of college into the NBA. You play for maybe 35 games, 45 games, if that. And then you get hurt again. And then you come back the following season, the same thing happens again. I'm trying to get my. You know, you're. Wow. We have it right here. It doesn't matter. And it picked up, I'm sure. You're trickling uh, trickling down to. to one of those careers of like a, um, give me a second. I'm trying to think of his name. Jabari Parker, who's uh, always unhealthy. You know what I'm saying? But uh, willing to play. And Jabari Parker is still young. He's only 26. Indeed. So, um, but Jabari as far Parker as like, is the same man. I said they don't pay me to play defense. Yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Certain <laughs> things, and this is why people shouldn't do it. Um, I have never viewed Jabari Parker the same after that quote. I have never viewed Jabari Parker the same after that quote. But I kind of think he's he's kind of right. Don't care. <laughs> I I just think he's right though. It's not just him, it's other players. They don't say it. They don't have to. It's my point. <laughs> it's my point. You think James Harden cared about playing defense in in Houston? And he wasn't that bad of a defender. He just wasn't the greatest. But no, nah, because he was the star like, player. What are we discussing? Think about it. You want me to if, put the forty on the other end, right? If Patrick Beverly come out and say they don't pay me to score, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Uh, like, I don't like your analogy because I have to accept defeat. <laughs> oh man, you feel that's me? That's hilarious. Like it, it's an equivalent. Like they're not star players. They're they're names that you know of so it's like you know it's equal but as far as like saying which That's team so would be funny. you know i think without for denver without Jokic, they're a bottom feeder team for sure because no jamal murray no mpj um if you look at what philly's done without joel and Embiid, i mean yeah they have harden and yeah they have um tobias harris no not even tobias harris tyrese maxi tyrese maxi <laughs> I like him. Did Tobias Harris get pushed out of the big three? 
Most definitely. Tyrese Maxey became the big three. Now, what I will say is, <laughs> even without Joel Embiid, the 76ers, they're still not a good team. And the they're reason, not, but they're not the reason, as bad like, as what Philly or what Denver would be without Nikola Jokic. They're equivalent though, because look, you got you look, and Matter on the same side. James, James Harden isn't the same James Harden that we once I don't know. Care. I do. Okay, how about this? James Harden at whatever percent he is right now, and take Nikola Jokic off of the Denver Nuggets. Who is their best player? And is James Harden whatever shell of James Harden is left? Is if that's what everybody wants to call him? Is that whatever that shell is better than whatever player you're about to name? The answer is yeah, fam. The answer is yeah, fam. Aaron Gordon is your answer. Aaron Gordon is your answer, and we saw that in Orlando. How did that go? Fam, let's move on. I don't want to do this to you. I don't want to do this to you. I can, They're in the West as like well. Like you said, I can accept defeat. <laughs> Just, yeah, Aaron, you got Aaron Gordon. Accept, That's your answer right now. I got to accept defeat on that one because. It's not gonna work. Um. Anyway, let's 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 move on to this really quick. Let's talk about Philly while we're while we're um here discussing <laughs> Joel Embiid and some MVP awards, right? Joel Embiid. One thing too, you gotta stop saying that you knew it wasn't gonna happen. You gotta stop because I heard he wasn't happy when he didn't get the award, as he should have. He should have been upset that he didn't get it. Then don't say you didn't like. Then don't say that you expected not to get it. Because when I expect not to get stuff. I don't get up in arms about it. I wasn't expecting to get that. This is a complete sidebar, but Kendrick Lamar just dropped music, and I'm from L.A., so I'm going to highlight it. But I remember Summer Walker, um, she didn't get a, a Grammy nod. I think she didn't get a Grammy nomination. May have been it. Maybe she didn't get the Grammy win, whatever the case may be. Um, her manager, Justice, was like, man, that's whack. Like, this is R&B music. This is pure R&B music. Nobody's doing R&B music like this. Da, 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 da. They called her and was like, yo, like, sorry that you, you know what I mean? We're going to do better. Da, 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 da. She told her entire team, why are y'all tripping? I think it was the nominations. I like, I don't play the industry game. So yeah, I don't expect to be recognized by that. Joel Embiid, if you feel that way, then stand on it. You can't say that you don't care and then, get, and then get emotional when you obviously do, which is cool. Do the nose. I'm emotional. If I know that something's mine, fam, if I don't get it, they're going to hear about it. Nah, stop. It's just, the way they, it's just the way it is. But on that. You got to stand 10 toes down on what you, on what you say and what you feel. Monty Williams isn't the type to, to do that. Devin Booker is. Oh, yeah. Monty Williams is coach of the year right now. Devin Booker, every chance he got, he was like, yo, Monty's not going to tell you, but that was his. That was his two years straight. He should have gotten The it. bubble award. <laughs> the bubble <laughs> the coach bubble. of the year for sure. <laughs> you feel me? But hey. um, I, I just I just didn't like that because, I mean, my whole thing is it's cool to be emotional. Like, when you ca- – I've never understood that. Artists are like – um, or Take Nine, I remember Take Nine had actually said it, um, and I'm sure he's not the only one, but yeah, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish, and he 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 said it obviously in a bar. It's There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with caring about your profession. It's just not. I'm sure, I'm sure he, I'm sure the reason why he said that is because he got cooked 
by the internet, the last, I'm going to say cook, because they ripped him apart when Kawhi made that shot over him. Mm-hmm. And showed him crying on national TV, everything. So I'm pretty sure he's starting to to feel like, oh, if I do this, then I got to hear from I got to hear from social media. Like, he don't want to go out like a Kevin Durant. You get what I mean? So <laughs> Kevin Durant still not out. <laughs> like he, Kevin nah, Durant, he, still he, him, he's still not out. But he don't want to go out like like how Kevin Durant is sure. and how how Kyrie has been trending lately. Um, so. He's trying to like watch what he says, watch how he does it. I hear you. I but hear you. you know, I congratulations to the Joker. But my vote from the from mid season, like All Star Week, was Joel Embiid. I, I didn't really waver from my point. I, I was leaning more toward Joker in the first year than I was in this year. I'm just not with it. Sorry, guys. And for everybody that was mentioning um, Joel Embiid, which is kind of crazy, in terms of where his team was. I'm going to say it once again. Nikola Jokic was sixth. I'm going to say one more time. When Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double, they were sixth, and they got bounced in the first round as well. So, let that stand for what it is. Um, Regardless of the fact, both of the guys that we just mentioned, one is already in Cancun, will serve you. And then the other one is headed to Cancun because Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers were eliminated earlier tonight. 99-90 and 90 was the final. The Miami Heat are headed to their second Eastern Conference final in the last three years. I forgot who said it earlier today, but somebody said that Pat Riley is on the Mount Rushmore of NBA execs. I'm not going to call that person a liar. <laughs> I'm never going to call that person a liar. I actually took a screenshot of um, a, a crazy stat. And this is a, a long time ago. A crazy stat of Pat Riley's when he was um, with the New York Knicks. But it was like his first round record. It was something that was unbelievable. Pat Riley had like one of the most lopsided records in first rounds. And I was just like, if he uh, ever spoke basketball to me, I'll be like, you got it. Whatever you say. I think I think uh, Pat Riley in general was underrated as, a, as somebody who knew basketball. Who knows? Like <laughs> the like one mistake very, we can always point to is him letting D Wade walk away the first time, and he corrected it. Yeah. Um, however, I'm not. I'm not that. Um, what's the word I want to say? I was gonna give you a sound. I was gonna say gung ho. Oh uh, no! Nah. <laughs> but um, I got a lot of respect for uh, Pat Riley. I'm just gonna flip it because I'm not even gonna figure that word out until after the show. I'm pretty sure. But I have a lot of respect for Pat Riley, you know, especially after watching um, the winning uh, time, uh, Lakers Dynasty. Yep. That show. Um, Pat Riley uh, had his first opportunity to coach uh, the Lakers. Yeah, man. Uh, Magic's uh, first year in the league, rookie year in the league. They win the national championship. Not national championship. They win the NBA championship. championship. I think you're still talking about Magic. That's why I'm Um, So... I mean, I'm getting to that point too, right. but still, like on 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 that on that perspective, it's like he's it, it's just legendary to see where he's come from and where he started. Everybody recognizes the Heat team as the Heatles, right? But that Heat team was something before Bron and Bron and them got there. So uh, when you look at his resume, you're going to look at those. Um, so I, I was actually pretty excited to see how this team played, especially with Jimmy Butler out there. 
I'm happy that you mentioned Jimmy Butler. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. There's actually a viral video going on right now. You were driving, so I'm pretty sure you didn't see it. But um, did you hear what he was caught saying? And I don't know why people are saying caught, because he looked kind of at the camera before he said it, so he knew what oh, was being nah, said. Oh, nah, I watched what he said so on, you on, on the court, yeah. Wait, um, on the court? He said it on the court, too? He was in the back when he said, Tobias Harris over me? Oh, no, I didn't hear that part. I that's thought you so- was talking about the part that where he said he still wished he was part of the team. See, now that's why. When he went to the back, he said that you got to be effing kidding me. And he was slapping people's hands, obviously walking back there, and he was smiling, and he said, Tobias Harris over me? Yeah. Maybe he wants Philadelphia to think about that a little so bit. So on the court, he was like, he was like, y'all chose, like, he was like, I still really, really wanted to be part of Philly, like, but I love the heat. And then the announcer was like, well, yeah, they chose Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Let's move on, cause I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like that guy. Um, Jimmy Buckets, when it's all said and done, is going to have one of the greatest careers that we've ever seen in basketball, and I don't care if he wins a championship. I do. Let him win a championship. He's definitely going to be one of the top five shooting guards. Small forwards, wherever you want to place him at. He definitely wouldn't be a top five small forward. Um, you put him at two guard then. I'm not even sure that he would be that. The top four is reserved. The top four is Jordan, Kobe, AI. Actually, the top five is reserved. You got to put AI. No, no, no. See, and this is where we're going to argue. We're going to argue about something that has no credence to anything. Because the top five shooting guards, I don't care which way you slice it, is Jordan, Kobe, AI, D-Wade, and James Harden. Not if Jimmy Butler wins the championship. There's no James Harden there. I still think we're going to have to have a conversation about that because AI didn't win one either. Um, <clears throat> but let's do this. AI is there just because. Don't yeah. say nothing. Don't say nothing you're going to regret. I'm telling you. No, no, I no, will no, leave no. this studio. No, no, no. A- a- AI, I will leave. AI is there because of the way he, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Just let it go. I'm, hey, let it go. We're going to move on. We sure are going to move on. Let's do move it. On. Um, but you, we're going to move on. We're going to get the football in a second, but before I do that, let me go ahead and let you guys know. Luka Doncic poured in 33 points tonight. Forces a game seven back in Phoenix, back at the Footprint Center. Matt said it on Monday, and I wasn't ready to kind of lean into it, but he said Dallas in seven. I don't know, man. I was saying Suns in four after the first two games, and I wasn't sure that they were going to get one. They got three of them. So one more, and they're headed to the Western Conference Finals. First time since Dirk Nowitzki, if that were to be the case. Let's talk about some football. Um, I'm actually going to switch it up. I won't be even reading from these notes for the most part. I'm going to be watching this computer screen, and we're going to get through a lot of these um, – <clears throat> Pardon. I didn't say a lot. We're going to get through some of these noteworthy games, and we're going to run through this schedule. Let's start with, of course, the hometown, Las Vegas Raiders. They're actually starting on the road. They're starting in L.A. That's home for me, so maybe I'll try to make a, make an appearance uh, uh, back home for, for a game like this. But at SoFi Stadium, it is a Sunday afternoon kickoff, 1 p.m. against the L.A. Chargers. I get so excited for football season. Every I don't time. Know, I don't know. Like it's my dad. My dad's tip in is about this. So by the end of our uh, conversation about the schedule, we'll get into 
where my dad, where my dad's mindset is, being a Dallas Cowboy fan heading into this new year. So week one is at LA, and then they return home. Well, yeah, they return home for their season opener or their home opener, rather, excuse me, against the Arizona Cardinals. That will be a revenge game. For Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones will be playing his former team in week two from Allegiant Stadium. And then you have another road game. You're headed, pardon, you're headed to the opposite side of the country. And you are headed to Tennessee for a road game against Tennessee as your last matchup in September. Now, your, your October schedule pretty interesting you got five weeks you got your bye wedged in there you got your bye wedged in there at week six me and my dad have conversations every single year about whether or not you want your bye early whether or not you want your bye late how you want your bye to kind of play out i told my dad i want my team to be playing well at the end of the year so give me my bye early middle middle to early of the part of the year and that's what the raiders have this time around they have Back-to-back AFC West opponents, they are home against Denver and then on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs before their bye game, uh, excuse me, in week six. And then wrapping up, pardon, geez, then they're wrapping up October. You have a home game against Houston and an away game at New Orleans. So right now we are what? Seven games into the Raiders' year. That's two months into the Raiders' season. What do you think the Raiders' record would be eight weeks into the season? Scroll up. Scroll up, please. I don't want to give my answer, dog. Seven games in. Four. You got four wins guaranteed? It sounded like it was a question mark at the end of that four. Yeah. Four guaranteed. Win, four wins guaranteed. Can I ask who the three losses are to? Yeah, you can. Not gonna like them. I'm ready. They're in the division. Both of those are in the division. All three. Oh, those are the three. Wait, I'm sorry. Oh. Wait, hold on. These are the three losses. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm not mad at that. I think the Raiders would. Let me not say lucky because that's gonna sound crazy. Raider fans. I've said that I was gonna worry. I worried about Josh McDaniels, and I don't know what the beginning of this season is gonna look like. The Raiders may end up you know, where they where they want to be, where they need to be. I'm not sure how it starts. If the Raiders were three and four after the after what was that week eight, I wouldn't be shocked. If the Raiders were two and five after week eight, I wouldn't be shocked. It's, mm. I do have them beating the Chargers, though, because I feel like Brandon Staley has been figured out by the league. I just don't think so yet because of what that defense, what they just did in the offseason. That's, that's my only thing. Let's get to the back end of the schedule. Now, remember, we have 17 weeks instead of 16 weeks this time around. But then you're going to Jacksonville. You're returning back home for a rematch against the Indianapolis coach where you probably should have, you know, uh, well, last season we know how important that game was up in Indianapolis. Or I should say over in Indianapolis, right? But yeah, now you got some more AFC opponents. Well, at least one more AFC uh, opponent before you head back to the NFC. Week 11, day after my birthday, they're headed to Malha. 
They're headed two mile high, and that's the first of back-to-back road games because that following week, they're up north in Seattle. And now let's get to some interesting parts. Weeks 13 through 17. Mm, that's that's in, interesting, for real. You got the L.A. Chargers coming to Allegiant Stadium. Then you have the Raiders going back to SoFi Stadium for another game in that beautiful, beautiful stadium. This time they're playing the L.A. Rams. Then they're returning home for a game against the New England Patriots. They're going up to Pittsburgh. Christmas Eve. I believe that is a day off of the anniversary for the Immaculate Reception. And then in week 17, they end their year with an Allegiant Stadium season finale against the San Francisco 49ers. If the Raiders struggled this year and went 6-11, and 11, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked either. I'm kind of like, because it's kind of like in the middle, man. It's like you wouldn't be surprised if they did bad. You wouldn't be surprised if they did good. What's the definition of good for this team right now? Definition of good is we got 17 weeks now. Yep. Nine and eight is your new medium now. <laughs> and eight and nine is your new new middle. I wouldn't be surprised if they get 10. I mean, as far as good. 10 and seven. Okay. Yeah, All right. I'll good, take that. Good would be 10 and seven. You talk to Raider fans nowadays and they like 13 and four. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. You Let can't. me not say that. Well, watch the Raiders go sixteen and one or something. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. <laughs> um, we, we are gonna get to everybody's schedule in just one moment, but That's comedy. <laughs> I just look at some of these wins and I do or some of these games and I do think I think I think Arizona may be a win. I think uh the like I said, the first week at the Chargers could be a win. At least one of these games against the Chargers would be a win. So I think Houston would be a win. Yeah, that first week before the bye, man, I see them going at least, what's that? That was like two and three, five games before the bye. Yeah, two and three, man. They're going to lose Chargers, beat Cardinals, beat the Titans, lose to Denver, lose to Kansas City. They'll beat Denver the second time, though, towards the end when it counts. At Denver? At Denver. That's the best way to do it. That's a big rival game, too. It is, indeed. And then after that, you got, what, week seven? Week seven, who they got? That's Houston. Houston? But, yeah, but like I said before, then that's when you get to New Orleans, and then yeah. I think you get back into some AFC West games. But bigger than that, the Raiders have questions, or at least Raider fans have questions, um, about what to expect from this team. And like I said before, when I say what I say about this team and where they may finish and what I believe in terms of they may where they may finish – it, this goes back to coaching. I've said it before, and I will say it again. True. I'm just unsure about what Josh McDaniels is going to do. Period. And if if Rich Basaccia was the lead man for the Raiders right now, I would say that the Raiders are gonna are locked in for 11 games, and that's simply because of the energy that would be in that building. See, I told somebody that just because you got Josh McDaniels as a head coach doesn't mean that you're gonna be doing good. And guess he was a Raiders fan. He told me to worry about my team. Well, let's talk about your team in a second, too, because you guys <laughs> so are actually opening up against the Jets. Are you worried about that game? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, a little bit. I like the honesty. Talk to me. Why? Because, one, I mean, we're not really going to be 
we're probably not going to all be at 100% by then. We're not going to get our guys back um, there. But also the Jets have become a good team. People have people have yet to realize that. There are a lot of young players over there, man. And also, your guy that you like over there the most is mm-hmm. the head coach. Robert Solomon. He can coach a game. Robert he can Solomon's coach a great. team. And that's the only thing that I think that I'm just more so worried about is it actually becoming a game because every other year, everybody knows the New York Jets is the Jets. You're going to win. Um, but as of now, I can't count that as like a full W. Um, I guess I know we got Lamar Jackson. You know, we're like Dark Vader out there, but <laughs> I can't count that as a W, man. We'll not, see. Not yet. I not will yet. tell you, I'm excited to see DJ Reed as the, but I believe he's going to be the number one corner in the New York Jet organization. Sauce. I think he's going to be number two. So that just kind of gives you an idea of what I think that secondary is eventually going to look like over in New York. Um, by the way, one of the best nicknames for a defense in the last 10 years in the NFL, the NYPD, the New York Pass defense. That was fire. Didn't work against Green Bay, but it was fire. Um, but let's go ahead and get into some of these games really quick. <laughs> you see how you threw that in there? <laughs> Whatever. I don't, I don't see what I did. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about when this season kicks off. This season kicks off on Thursday, September 8th. Thursday, September 8th. Your NBC game, your Thursday night football game, you can check out your Buffalo Bills if you're in Buffalo. And your Super Bowl champions, if you're a Ram fan, your L.A. Rams from SoFi, they will open up the season against the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford, game one of this season. Is, Is that a Von Miller revenge game? Even though he was there for a couple of games, and this got a ring out of it. He got a ring out of got it. Got a second ring out of it. Oh man! Shout to Von Miller. Um, again, we're we're gonna we're gonna run through some of these games. We're not gonna run through all of them in particular. But uh, Tom Brady opens up. What year is this? Twenty three, twenty two. Got to be what? I'm twenty four. <laughs> so that's hilarious. 20, that's hilarious that you got to figure this out. Twenty three. This is year number twenty three for Tom Brady. But just a couple of games to kind of highlight. As a matter of fact, I wonder if ESPN uh, highlighted some games from the schedule because otherwise we'll be clicking schedule through schedule uh, or um, week to week. But bigger than that, your Baltimore Ravens, as I said before, they open up against the Jets. But week two, you all right? I was just saying, I actually, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so the week two matchup that I think I actually want to highlight more than any of them would be the Thursday night matchup. It would be the L.A. Chargers against the Kansas City Chiefs. I had a conversation with somebody last year, and uh, last season, I guess I could say, a couple months ago, and we had a discussion about Patrick Mahomes. And I said I watched something that I thought was pretty intense, at least in my opinion. I watched Patrick Mahomes that first drive against Cincinnati. Pretty much getting to the red zone with legs. And then I watched, I believe, on maybe it was that same drive, maybe it was the second drive. He had back to back plays where <laughs> I don't know how many people used to do it on Madden, but a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of kids would see a rush coming on Madden and just run the opposite direction. And it's just like that's the the worst thing you can do 
is to run the opposite way. And I watched Patrick Mahomes a couple times roll out to his left, flip around, roll out to his right, try to do it again and flip back out to the left. And I told my dad, I'm not wishing anything on anybody. You guys, I used to play sports. I've suffered a torn Achilles. I don't play about in- wishing injuries on anybody. No. I hope Patrick Mahomes stays healthy. When I watch somebody with that much talent at times kind of toy with that talent, I don't know, man. All I'm going to say is this. I remember we, we, we say it about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. We say it about John Morant. We said it about Derrick Rose. We said it about Russell Westbrook. I remember watching Michael Vick and the things that he would do. And I remember when Michael Vick broke his arm. I remember that dive for the pylon and him sticking out that left arm. And I remember what happened next. I think if Patrick Mahomes plays, and this is what people are going to say, oh, well, he's not a traditional quarterback. If Patrick Patrick Mahomes relied more on... What's the word I'm looking for? If Patrick Mahomes relied more on quarterback intangible skills, I think everything that we said about Patrick Mahomes two, three years ago about him possibly tying Brady, possibly winning more than Brady, that would stand true. I told my dad, Uh, if that Patrick Mahomes that's toying with that talent, I've said it before about Aaron Rodgers. I've watched Aaron Rodgers. My dad says it all the time. Oh, well, Aaron is the only person on the sideline that – he pisses me off because I watch him wink. He's down 10 points in the fourth quarter. He's winking on the sideline. He's This is so easy for him. Exactly. And then I watch moments where every time I don't I don't and people can prove me wrong if I'm if it's the case. In Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay, tell me how many teams have lost close games. Or how many more teams have lost more close games than Green Bay. That's what begins to happen. You begin to find yourself in close games where they probably shouldn't have been close to begin with. I'm going to go back to the Super Bowl between Pittsburgh and Arizona. Arizona was a wild card that year. We lost. Me me saying we being Green Bay. Green Bay lost because Aaron Rodgers was strip-sacked in the end zone in overtime. Wild card. All I'm saying is if Patrick Mahomes relies on every quarterback intangible that he was clearly born with, everything that we said about him a couple of years ago will stand true. If he does what he did for three quarters against Cincinnati, there's a conversation to be had. Some of these other games to watch. Super Bowl from two seasons ago. Yeah, that rematch between KC and Tampa Bay will take place October 2nd. And this is all coming from ESPN. ESPN highlighted an offensive duel October 30th between Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. That's the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. Pardon. The Chargers and the Rams take place January 1st. I just like the way they did that. I just like the way they did that. The battle for L.A. takes place January 1st. L.A., please behave yourselves. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Is that a Sunday? Can you look that up? January first. If it's a Sunday, people may be kind of 
safe because they're yeah all right all right mm, yep wait actually that means New Year's Eve is a Saturday yep never mind podcast conversation uh and then and let's talk about some international contests really quick before we get out of this football conversation they got five international contests first one is in Germany between the Bucks and the Seattle Seahawks again this is a Seattle Seahawks team that's gonna look different no Russell Wilson as he's taking up new roots with the Denver Broncos. The league is returning to Mexico City when the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers lock horns on November 21st, and then the rest of them are the three London games, one of which will feature the Green Bay Packers, who will lose their international virginity. First time? Yep. First time playing internationally. Who's your opponent? I don't even know. That is a valid question. Green Bay, London game. Let's look at it as a unit. Who do we have? <laughs> first of all, you type in Green Bay, London, and one of the first thing that pops up is, will Green Bay ever play in London? <laughs> so I'm guessing that there's some fans up in London. But if there are some Green Bay fans, they will be rivaled with some New York Giant fans when they take place. Or when they, rather, when they all um, gather into the same place on or four, rather, a week five matchup. Huh. So we got the Giants, week five, London. There you go, man. Brady is going to Dallas this year, too. Can you just imagine the week of sports leading up to that? I I don't really like how they did this, though. Why? Talk to me. I kind of feel like they set the schedule up. I mean, obviously, all leagues are for money. But this is, like, legitly for viewership. I mean, you, you, like I said, you want storylines to go with it. I mean, I, 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 but you you kind of ha you have some storylines, but you have more so. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a offense to a problem that people probably won't viewership wise, and as far as money, like Brady and Dallas, you hmm. got you start off with you start off with uh, the Buffalo and the, and the Rams. Yep. Okay, then you got um, who else they got on there? They got okay, but here let, let's let's go here because this is where I am going. You're talking about week one. I'm talking about the whole throughout the whole season. Well, that's great because because I agree because for whatever it's worth, it's necessary. At least in my opinion, I think it's necessary to do that because first of all, people are going to tune in anyway. Absolutely. So adding a little storyline, making the Raiders and the, and the Steelers play on the anniversary or around the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. You you know what highlights are going to play the entire game, so I, yeah. I don't I don't mind that. But I do mind. This is going to sound so bad, and that's cool. But with all due respect to Trey Lance, why am I being told about a Week One matchup between the Chicago Bears and the San Francisco Forty ers I just don't – with with all due respect to Trey Lance, I'm going to be upset, and I can never be upset at two black quarterbacks. However, I'm going to be upset if the marketing is to simply two black quarterbacks because you guys know the better storyline. Former teammates and Nick Bosa and Justin Fields going at it. That's the better story. I don't understand why Fields versus Lance keeps popping up across my damn phone. I don't. With all due respect to Trey Lance, what if he's bad? Oh. The, I've said this before. 
I think Debo's a great receiver. Debo asking out of San Francisco could have been the biggest indictment against Trey Lance. What does he see in Jimmy that makes him not want to play with Trance? With Trey, with Trey Lance, excuse me. This is where I think the league can go wrong. This is where I think the league can go wrong. Oh, opposite. By, by, by perching up Justin Fields versus Trey Lance, what if Trey Lance gets benched that game? But that's the whole NFL for you. But you missed the golden opportunity. Former teammates chasing each other. All right, whatever. I got it. What happens if Justin Fields goes out there and puts up 30 against that defense? That's the storyline. But ain't. All right. To us, got it's it. the storyline. Y'all got it. I don't the care. NFL is not the storyline. Y'all got it. I don't care no more. <laughs> it's a it's a Justin Fields outplays Lance in putting up thirty points. <laughs> That's how the NFL works, big dog. That's Quarterback matchup. That's what I was saying. It's more so viewership. Oh, you're gonna frustrate me. Okay, so Russell Wilson is also going to Seattle this year. Is it gonna be Russell Wilson against Paxton or not Paxton Lynch? Sorry, guys. My bad, Paxton. Oh, wow. You just took it straight. <laughs> is it gonna be Russell Wilson against Drew Locke? Is that what you're telling me that the storyline is gonna be? No, this storyline. Okay, is so why be... is Trey Lance and Justin Fields the storyline? Because of two young black quarterbacks. We've seen Drew Locke play. We ain't seen Trey. That's why I'm. Those are two. I'm gonna get frustrated. Black young quarterbacks going against, against each other. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of. You ever been somewhere where you feel like blacks don't typically go there? And let's say that the business did something like to capture the eye of black people. And when you walk in, it's like, oh, hey, 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 did you see our Biggie poster over there? Did you put that there for me? Put that there for Do you have San Francisco yeah. and Chicago playing in week one so we can watch two black quarterbacks? Because you don't have to force it. It's already there. They're there. You don't have to force it. Dak Prescott is there. Lamar Jackson is there. All right, fam. Like I said, y'all going to have me arguing about something that people don't care to argue about, but I do. I digress. I just don't. I, this hey. league is just, that's a weird league, bro. It's a weird league. Man. My dad's tipping. With the release of the NFL schedule, now football fans can start scheduling our lives around big games. What I found most interesting is the emphasis that these so-called experts and analysts put on the strength of schedule. Trust me, I get it. Stronger teams have a tougher schedule and weaker teams have a weaker schedule. Personally, I don't put too much into it. <clears throat> the way that I see it, the next Super Bowl champ fills it in the first training camp. There's a certain chemistry, camaraderie, and hunger for that title. The perfect balance of veteran leadership mixed with young talent. If you're that team, you will win the games that you're supposed to, that you're supposed to win, and you'll win some of the ones that you're not supposed to. On the other hand, if you're one of those other 31 teams... You will lose some of the games you're supposed to win, and you'll lose some of the ones you're supposed to lose. In a nutshell, like the old saying goes, no matter how much of a mismatch it looks like on paper, you still have to play the game. 
That said, your Super Bowl champions this year are the Denver Broncos. I have no idea, though. I think, I, think we're, I think we're at a good spot in the NFL, truthfully. I think we're at a spot where we haven't had parity in too many leagues. I think if the Tennessee Titans made the Super Bowl, for instance, we would look around and go, well, I don't know, man. They've had a good year. I don't, I don't really know how you want to shake it. If New Orleans made a miraculous run, you would look at it and go, well, I mean, technically, if you look at what Dennis Allen did when he came in, you're going to make an argument for it. I think there's so many good teams in the NFL this year. That I can agree on. It does tempt it. Made me just pumped to even just watch watch football. Um, Everybody should be pumped to watch football. But man, now I think about it. I mean, you Denver's not actually a bad opportunity. No, um, if if Denver gets it together, they could. I mean, I, I said it before. My hot take of the for the year was that the L.A. Chargers are going to be the fourth team in that division. Wow, I said what I said. I actually didn't win that division. I said what I said. Just off that defense alone. I'm telling you. I'm telling you something. You are. <laughs> I'm telling you something. That's fine. I hear what you said, but that's fine. Man. Oh, you, I said what I said. Brandon Staley once has been figured out by the league. And I think by default, Justin Herbert is going to look bad this year. He's going to struggle. Once a duck, always a duck. Let's go <laughs> Justin Herbert. <laughs> Justin Herbert is going to be great, which is why I think he's going to make Brandon Staley look a little bit more crazy when – they can him after this year. I don't think they'll do it during the year, but they'll can him probably after this year. And then Justin Herbert is probably going to go have a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> I, oh no, I kind of think he's going to be. A, he's going to have to change that system. Yeah, by getting Brandon Staley out of there. Wait. I'm, all right, whatever. I, you do stuff yeah. like that and make me sound like the bad guy. No, no, it's fine. Don't worry it, about it. It's, it, cool. it's, it's true. Late. It's, it's true because. That's the only way you can change a, a style of – that's the only way you can change the style of play Amen. is getting rid of – All I want the Chargers to do is look back at last season and figure out how many games that they were within striking distance of tying oh. or winning and then figure out how many of those situations Brandon Staley was the reason why you lost. Um, let's talk about the Nighthawks real quick because I wasn't going to talk Nighthawk today, but uh, tonight, but I was like, let's do it because we talked Raiders, we talked NFL, we're talking football. So let's talk this too because uh, if you didn't hear us on Monday, I'm going to give you guys a short version of it, but it still is the same. I have never seen, and I don't know what you've heard since, but I haven't been everywhere in the world. I've talked to a lot of people from a lot of different places. I have never seen a sports fan like the Las Vegas sports fan. And none of that is positive. None of it. And uh, none of what I just said. Some of it can be positive when things I, are going right, but we're going to get to that. Okay. Okay. I want to hear this because <laughs> I kind of think – if you were, I don't know. I guess it's, I guess like like you said, you've never been everywhere. Yep. Um, I think a Colorado fan is worse, man. Everybody probably feels like their fans are worse because they're in this moment. Um, I'm sure New York fans are pretty intense. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure New York fans are pretty but intense. I guess I'm from LA, and I know LA fans can be wild. But I'm talking across the board, like. Shots of Vegas, but they're new to the sports scene, right? To their own sports scene. So let's look at New York. 
Yankee fans are loud. Even Met fans are somewhat loud. Nick fans, we already know. Yeah, we know Nick fans. <laughs> like we already know. Giant fans, we, we 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 still get it. You guys are still telling us about those two Super Bowls and how Brady has two losses against you guys. We get it. We understand. Mm-hmm. Jets. They're still pretty annoying. Gang Green, <laughs> they're there. They're out there. You know where they are. Now, I'm naming all of these different teams because if you think about it, LA, I don't think LA and granted, LA just won a Super Bowl. So it's going to change over time. This generation that I'm in, though. You could ask plenty of L.A. fans, or L.A. Um, natives, rather, and they didn't care about football. They didn't have football growing up. So it's like my my, my team is the New Orleans Saints. So I'm in L.A., but my team is all the way over there. So yeah. the Lakers is what you get in L.A., right? That, yeah. Those are the annoying L.A. fans that you get. The Dodgers, the Kings, those are the annoying L.A. fans that you get. But it's not everybody. Every Las Vegas sports fan is annoying. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Because respectfully, for a state that is new, when I say that Vegas has nothing to show for their sports prowess, it's because you guys are new to the sports world. So you guys can't. With that said, it amuses me with how unforgiving the Vegas sports fan base is. I've heard that head coach Mike Davis of the Vegas Nighthawks needs to be fired. The first thing that came out of my mouth was, is he going to fire himself? Because he's the GM as well. Oh, I know what you're talking about. So let's just give you guys an update on where the Vegas Nighthawks are if you guys didn't hear us on Monday. The Vegas Nighthawks right now, they are nine weeks into the IFL season. They're three and eight. Or excuse me, they're three and five, guys. They're eight games in through this nine week, the first nine weeks of the IFL season. And they're three and five. Most recently they lost 45 to 18, which is not a good look, to the Northern Arizona Wranglers. A Northern Arizona Wrangler team who has been playing well as of late, but they sent the Vegas Nighthawks to a third straight home loss. Vegas fumbled the ball four times in that last game. They had, what, seven penalties in the first two drives? And it wasn't good after the game. And I, I admitted it on Monday. The overreaction from the outside world didn't shock me as much. When you talk to these, when you talk to head coach Mike Davis and some of the players from the team, you get the feeling that some of that overreaction may have slipped into the franchise. And that's where I begin to worry. I'm going to read off a couple quotes to you guys really quick. Keep in mind, this is a 3-5 and five Vegas Nighthawk team when I heard that the, that the sky was falling. The first thing I said was, well, you can look at it this way. If they win back-to-back games, they're 500 through 10 games of their inaugural season. Sounds like a pretty good expansion team to me. I don't know what Vegas is used to in terms of expansion teams, but they suck. They stink. They're bad. They're bottom of the league. This is not what the Vegas Nighthawks are. I tell you, man, the night spoiled it for everybody. I'm telling you, what's going to happen? <laughs> 
is Vegas is going to go through a low where they're like all of their sports fans are going to be like old school Mets fans. Like they're walking around with trash bags over their head. That's what's going to happen to Vegas. I'm, I'm, I'm very serious. They're going to have damn near nothing to cheer for at all. And it's going to be their own doing. They criticized Carlin Hartman and UNLV basketball two nights before he took a, a new job at Florida. I'm going to ask UNLV basketball fans halfway through the year if they miss Carlin Hartman. You guys may not see it yet, but I'm telling you now, that question is coming. I'm telling you right now it's coming. How far? How, how, how far are you going to uh, go until you get the answer? Depends on who I ask. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to remember this. What day? 11.38. Let me check my date. You think I should ask Kevin Kruger? May 12. I'm going I'm, I'm to ask Kevin Kruger some, okay. at some point this year. Okay. But uh, this is also uh, an, an, an expansion team in the IFL that just beat the league's defending champions in the Massachusetts Pirates a week before this home loss. Peep this. Defensive back Kalen Hicks said this. I feel like we're just, excuse me, I feel like we're just coming out and starting too slow. He said, sometimes we just have a feeling of complacency. Interesting word. We just came up with a big win at Mass, and at practice, we felt kind of entitled. He followed that up by saying, we just got to come to practice or come into practice with a, and have a new mindset. Stuff has to start changing if we want something big to happen. Either the way we practice, the way we come out in the game, the players, the personnel, something has to change. I like that answer. I actually like what he said. It's important. In this field, we don't get the opportunity to back off of opinions very often, and I'm going to back off of an opinion really quick, really quickly. And you're not going to like me backing off of, off of this opinion because now it means that I disagree with you. I like that coming out of it. Coming out of the game. I liked it, right? Yeah. Maybe that was a, a quote to wake up somebody in the locker room. Hell, maybe wake up yourself. Who knows? I don't know where else that quote, particular quote, played in its entirety or which outlets put it all the way up. But I think that's a good reason why the city is overreacting. They feel like the franchise is overreacting. I'm going to panic if you tell me to panic. I'm Nah, I'm not going to say right. that that's that. I'm right. going to say the reason why they panicking is because they keep losing. You're eight games into an inaugural season, and you've won three. You're one off from 500. They don't see it that way. But that's the problem. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they don't see it that way. That's why I said the Knights. So when the Vegas Nighthawks are in Tacoma, don't ask me. Don't ask me anything. Don't ask me why they're no longer an, why there's no longer an IFL team here in um, here in Vegas. Don't ask me that when they're playing in Washington next year, or what is this next next couple of years from now? Don't yeah. ask me. Hey man, all, like I said, bro, the night spoiled it. By the way, Kalen so, Hicks also mentioned that the fans or the team has noticed that the Dollar Loan Center has gotten empty. Losing games, man. Yes. He admitted that, they, <laughs> that, they, that he knows that they need to lose games. But, guys, do you guys know how sports work? 
Do you guys know how sports works? That's a great question for those who don't know how sports work. You don't just support the team when they're winning. If that's the case, I would never mention any in the Pacers' name. Chill. But it's a point to be made there. There is. I was saying Danny Granger's name before anybody cared. And then they cared. You know how dope that is? Go find you somebody in the, on the Vegas Nighthawk roster to cheer for. You got four UNLV products on that damn roster, and you guys want to talk about why you're not supporting them. Did they even know that they have four? Probably UNLV? not. Eight. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. You got former team captains leading defenses. What's up, Gabe? People weird. I'm getting out of here. I'm about to just call the show a show. All right, so we got <laughs> we got about a little less than or a little more than 15 minutes left. We're gonna get we're gonna get into some baseball news and then we're gonna get out of here. Man, y'all gonna make T frustrated, man. This is every show. <laughs> this is every show. <laughs> this is every show. People tell me certain things that they want me to discuss on the show, and I kind of tell certain people certain times, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I won't be doing that. And then the show comes around, and I'll be like, you know what? One more thing. Um, but no, in all seriousness, the Aviators took uh had a game today. Um, didn't take myself up to the Las Vegas ballpark today, but I was covering from home and you got the feeling that something, that something energy or something was, was some type of energy rather was in the building and you just got the inner, the feeling that something was special on the horizon. It almost happened both ways, but let me tell you guys what I mean by it. Bottom of the second rows around left fielder Dalton Kelly, who I've mentioned a couple times this year because the average looks, looks ugly. It does. Let's just, let's, let's just call it spade a spade. The average is 185, and this is after tonight. However, I've mentioned a couple of times when I've mentioned him in stories about the 27 home runs that he hit last year for Durham. And there's a reason why I mentioned that, guys. In the bottom of the second, back-to-back -back singles lead off the inning. And then by the – actually, take that back. With one out, the bases are loaded. Dalton Kelly steps to the plate, and he hits his third – Home run of the season, this time of a Grand Slam variety. Las Vegas goes up four to nothing. The only issue was, by the bottom of the fifth inning, the game was tied at four. I almost said UNLV. <laughs> Las Vegas would add three more runs in the bottom of the sixth. They will, It would actually give up runs in the top of the seventh and the top of the ninth, but Aaron Brown eventually shut the door closed. Domingo Tapia came in in that ninth inning, and after getting securing the first out, he hit a batter. And then he gave up a double. So with now the tying run at second base, manager Fran Reardon chose to go with the lefty and hit the, hit the bullpen again and went with Aaron Brown. Aaron Brown would give up an RBI single to Dylan Thomas. Let's talk about Dylan Thomas for one second. Dylan Thomas is hitting 324 for the Salt Lake Bees this year. He went four for five in this game. Went four for five in this game. He had a single – or excuse me, he had two singles – Two home runs, four RBIs, two runs scored. Guys, you guys take from that what you will, but he was a thorn in the side for Colin Wiles, who was a starter all the way to the final pitcher of the night, which was Aaron Brown, but he was the one who gets the save. Colin Wiles gets his third win of the year in five decisions. What actually? Oh. And what that means, what that means is the Aviators are now back into a tie for first place. They 
came into this game a game behind, so they were uh, they were actually playing for a chance to avoid slipping two games behind first place, which is currently held, well, was currently held by the Salt Lake Bees, which they're now tied with for first place in the Pacific Coast League West Division. Game four of that six-game series is tomorrow night from the Las Vegas ballpark, 7 p.m. I believe 7.05 is actually first pitch scheduled time. 15 more minutes, and we're going to get out of here before I actually touch on this next topic, which is, of course, your Oakland, your Oakland Athletics, maybe soon-to-be Las Vegas baseball team. Are you superstitious? About them? <laughs> About the aviators? No. Are you superstitious, period, in life? I need a definition of that. Do you split the pole? Like, if you're walking with somebody and I walk on the opposite side of the pole, like, do you flip out over that? Yeah. If you're walking on the street and you step on a crack, do you avoid crack? Stuff like that. Not like, not like, not like major, but like that pole splitting. I don't. I don't play with the pole. I don't play with the pole. The cracks, I mean, either. the cracks is, it, it is what it is. It's part of the concrete, but you the did. poles, I don't play with the poles. I don't like my feet being swept. Like, if somebody's sweeping yeah, with a broom, don't, don't come near me with yeah. the broom. I don't play with that. Yeah, spit on the broom. I don't need no bad luck. So, how you feel about Friday the 13th? Regular day. Shout out to my dad, man. I, I feel like I've grown up a little bit different than other people. I love Friday the 13th. <laughs> like, I just think it's dope. I'm one of those people, too. I don't watch movies like that, guys. And you guys, if you guys know me in my personal life, you guys know I don't have the temperament for movies. Like, I get real frustrated real quick. Like, if a movie doesn't make sense soon, I'm over it. Like, I feel like I got ADHD. I'm, 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 I'm out of there quick. Um, scary movies are kind of the only thing that keep me. And my dad is one of those gentlemen to where the one thing that he does do, shout out to him, doesn't carry the most cash on him, right? So if he has a couple of, you know, loose singles, he doesn't like having $13 on him. That's the only thing that will be superstitious to him. He'll either leave money at home, he'll, whatever the case may be, but if he has cash, because he doesn't like to keep cash anyway, but if he has cash, if he counts 13, I'm telling that's the only time you'll ever see my dad really freak out. He'll be like, fam, like, take a dollar. Here, have one. <laughs> this is yours. Yo, that's the first time I've heard. It's just the way he is. It's just $13 is the one thing he just doesn't want. It's the first time I heard that. It's just weird. Like, what if he gets paid 13 an hour? Like, how does that work? But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like, it, it, it's not it's not a thing for me. It's not a thing for me in my household. Um, be like, fam, can y'all... $14 an hour. Or $13.50. Like, just switch <laughs> it up. Like, just do add something else to it. But, um, nah, man, shout out to my dad. He just, he he made it not a thing for us in the house. So, I think more than anything, I get excited about it. I kind of, you know, I kind of like when people kind of get weirded out about certain stuff on a day. Because I just be like, fam, you just, you, you thinking about it too hard. Yeah. Like, you just, you're, <laughs> you're letting it consume your life. It's not that big of a deal. But um, as I said before, both Aviators and the Salt Lake Bees are sitting at 18-5 and five at the top of the PCOS. Now, last conversation for the night. And I said it before, Kendrick dropped an album tonight, and I haven't listened to it fully, but I did listen to the first uh, disc. I haven't listened to the second disc yet. Um, this? It's double disc, yeah. Oh. Two nine, uh, two nine record um, albums. Now... Oh, okay. I want to just highlight this really quick before I get out of here. And, again, this is a podcast conversation, so we're going to save it. But 
<laughs> I know people are doing it obviously to be funny after a certain point, but the reason why it's so not funny is because there are really people that think that. The album had just came out and at like 9:17 album of the year was trending. And I'm like the, the album is an hour and 13 minutes long. What did you go listen to? <laughs> so like what'd you go hear? Cuz like you ain't even heard the album yet to call it album of the year, but whatever. I kind of feel people just was putting the songs on shuffle, heard one song and was like, "Oh yeah, this is it." This is where it's at. They do it every time an album come out. <laughs> Besides when it's like somebody like Future or something. No, they said that when Future dropped uh, I Never Liked You also. Shout out to Future for that album title. That's just, <laughs> never mind. So toxic. All right, anyway, <laughs> back to toxic. Um, it looks like the, the Oakland Athletics rather have fixed whatever toxicity that they were going through when they lost nine straight games over the past, what, two weeks? But they went ahead and won four of five. Yes, four of five games against the Detroit Tigers. You guys are maybe wondering, how did how the hell did we get a five-game series in the MLB, not in the postseason, right? And the reason why you get that is because Tuesday they had a doubleheader. The first game of that doubleheader was actually a remake, or a, a reschedule, rather, from about a month ago. It was a reschedule from early April. But they lost that game, and that was the only game during that five-game set that they lost. They won the Monday matchup. They won the Tuesday finale, and then they won Wednesday and Thursday night, back-to-back nights. And they now are 14-19 and 19 on the year. 14-19 and 19 on the year. They're still last in the AL West. Considering the conversation that has kind of floated around the Oakland Athletics organization, it's not really the biggest surprise that they're last in the AL West. However... Maybe just to give you guys a little more cause to pause because first in that division is the Houston Astros. They're 21 and 11. The LA Angels are right behind them at 21 and 12. Get this. The third place team in that division is the Seattle Mariners or, or are the Seattle Mariners and the Mariners are 14 and 18. So out of that five-team division, you only have two teams that are over 500. One is 10 games over 500. One is nine games over 500. So it's looking like it's a two-horse race over in the AL West. We'll see if Oakland, Seattle, or Texas, or anybody else can change up what appears to be the inevitable over in the AL West. I think Oakland can do it. Honestly, ever since the wild card game was created, I just feel like it was created for teams like Oakland. I don't know why I feel that way, but um, baseball has the most parity over the last 22 years, statistically. Like, I've done a project on it, so, like, you guys can argue with me if you want to, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, if you think of – and for anybody who's wondering that, too, we talked about parity in the NFL. All that means is ability for every year somebody new to win. That's all it means. So, this year when we talked about the NFL – you may have people that have the Bills as a favorite, the Chiefs as a favorite, the Bucks as a favorite, the Cowboys as a favorite, the Packers as a favorite, the Ravens as a favorite. Anybody can be a favorite at this point. In baseball, statistically proven, since 2000, you've had the White Sox win a championship. You've had the Angels win a championship. You've had the Diamondbacks win a championship. These are all teams that were great at one point and, then like, and horrific at one point. Yeah. So take that for what it is. Baseball has the most parity. If you are an Oakland Athletic fan, hold out hope, man. Keep in mind, this Angel series is a four-game series. They have a Saturday doubleheader, and this is a team um, that just actually were led by a no-hitter by rookie pitcher Reed Detmers. But this four-game series is actually the beginning of a seven-game homestand 
over in Oakland. Get outside and support your Oakland athletic guys, uh, Athletics guys. We talked about it for so long. We understand if you're a, a citizen of Oakland that you may not be happy with obviously losing the Warriors and obviously losing the, the Raiders part, and I don't know why these hiccups are doing this. Um, even when things don't go your way, guys, I'm sorry, but not supporting your athletics is the way to lose them as well. So if you're upset with the city for losing your Raiders and losing your Warriors, do everything in your power to go support your athletics and keep them in Oakland. Otherwise, they'll be in Vegas. We'll take them. Until next time, guys. Keep on talking. Crazy.